0: Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website, Overflow Last week we talked a lot about this story about a woman named Martha, her sister Mary, and their brother Lazarus. There was this family from Bethany that Jesus was really tight with. And I want to pick up In a similar place to where we were at last week to go into today's message, in Luke chapter 10, just recapping the story, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary, and if you guys remember the story that Martha got all caught up doing the chores and the housework, but Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was like hey, you need to tell Mary to get up here and help me with the chores. And Jesus is like, she has chosen the better thing. You should get down here on the floor and get, with, get on her feet. With, with, you should get, on, get down here and get before my feet. Like she is, basically, Jesus said that Mary had chosen the greater thing. And it says this, this is what she was doing though. She wasn't just sitting there. Look, it says her name was Martha and she had a sister named Mary. And Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. So here she was, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the words, allowing the words of Jesus to penetrate deep into her heart. All the revelation that Jesus said, she was feasting on the words of Jesus. And you know what I believe Jesus is looking for on the earth? He's not looking for someone that can go out and do a whole lot of work on their own and and impress Jesus. No, no, no. He's looking for people that will absorb the words that he is saying. He is looking for someone to fellowship with. He is looking for someone that will listen to his words. In fact, the most frequent phrase that Jesus uses through all the gospel isn't love God, It isn't love neighbor love your neighbor. The most frequent phrase that Jesus uses throughout the gospel, and we see it in Mark chapter four, verse nine, he says this, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Now, in this particular passage, Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and the seed. You guys familiar with that parable? In fact, Jesus said this is the parable, the key parable to all parables. And the the story goes like this. The parable goes like this. He says a farmer goes out to sow some seed. And as he's going out, some seed fell along the path. Some fell along soil that had rock beneath the soil. It wasn't very deep soil. It was kind of on a rock bed. He said another fell among thorns and another fell on good good soil, and it produced a crop. And he said this about the first one. He said, the first seed... Um, wasn't able to get into the ground because it landed on the path and the birds came and ate it. And he said, that's what the devil does. He comes when God speaks something, he likes to come. If, if the ground isn't ready to receive it, the devil just take it. Doesn't matter how good the word is, he'll just take it. He said, the other is, it'll take ground. It'll have great joy. It'll spring up quickly. But because it has no root, because of the rocky ground, it, it will not produce and eventually it'll die. And then Jesus says the third one was like this. He said, if it grew up, but it grew up in the thorns and the, all the cares and all the, the troubles that the world offers. Choked out the plant and killed it. But he said, One of those seeds, come on, how many know it's the same seed? 25% of the seeds that went forth fell on good ground. They fell on good ground and it produced a crop. And this is what Jesus says right here in verse 20. He says, Seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, even 100 fold. And then Jesus says this about this parable because the disciples were like, they didn't understand. That's why Jesus told him, he said, he that has ears, let him hear. He goes and tells the story, and they're like, Lord, we don't get it. What are you talking about? We're here to hear you talk about spiritual things, and you're talking about natural things. And Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4, verse 13. He said, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. So Jesus says the seed is the word of God. See, it doesn't matter How perfect the seed is. I mean, when we talk about the word of God, we are talking about the incorruptible, everlasting word of God. The word that never dies. The word that endures forever. However, that word, no matter how powerful it is, is rendered ineffectively. If it doesn't land on good soil. So it doesn't really matter how good the word is. It matters on where it lands. And it lands on our hearts. So Jesus is saying, he that has ears to hear. other words, listen up. I have something to tell you. Make sure you're ready to receive what I'm saying. And so today we're focusing on making the switch from just being a hearer to being a listener. Because there's many people that hear, but they don't listen. And I love how Jesus says over and over and over throughout the Gospels, he says, listen. I'm about to tell you something. Tune in. Get ready to hear what i 'm about to say, what was the difference between this seed? It heard the word and accepted it it didn 't just hear the word it didn't just spring up for a time it endured forever and produced and produced and produced. Some of you are not producing in your life simply because you have a hardness of heart, simply because you're shallow, simply because you allow the the affairs of the world and politics and the economy and all the troubles of the world, you allow that to keep you unfruitful. See, the question is never, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? I submit to you that God has spoke to you this week, but were you listening? Some of you even heard, but you weren't listening. So it didn't produce any fruit in your life. But I believe the Lord wants to have Wants to see fruit in your life. He says this in Mark chapter four verse twelve. It says they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but not understanding. What is he talking about? He's talking about the difference between hearing and listening, right? Those the sound goes in. You guys don't know how it is. It goes one in ear, in one ear, and out the other, right? How many of you have kids? We know this. This works really well for us illustrating because we all have kids and we're like, hey, I need you to calm down. Nothing happens. Hey, a little louder. I needed to calm down. It's funny how we talk louder thinking that that calls them to listen in. And actually, if we would say it quieter, they probably cause them to listen. I said, you need to calm down or you're going to hurt your sister. And what ends up happening? Hurt sister, be too crazy, knock something up, break something. Why? Because they weren't listening. Because you could ask them right then, what did I just say? You said to chill out. Right? <laughs> Doing their fortnight you know, what? I can't do it. You, you told me, He said, I need you to chill out. You're going to hurt somebody. They don't listen. And what happens? Somebody gets hurt. Why? Because they could hear it, but they weren't listening. They weren't tuned in. They were hearing but not perceiving. And let me just say this today, because some of you, and I'm going to help you. I, I think I'm going to help you today be able to tune in to what God's saying. But listen, it is not your job to get God to speak. Because some people think that's my job. I'm going to perform so God will speak to me. No, no, it's his job to speak. It's our job to listen and respond. That's our job. That's our role is just to say, yes, Lord, whatever you do. Um, So it's not really a question of message sent. It's It's a matter of message received, right? You guys know how it is when you text somebody? We've got a few uh, people in the room today, several of you that didn't respond to a text message I sent out yesterday. And, um, but we'll just, I'm not bitter about it. But uh, you know how it is when you send out a text message and you don't get a reply. Let's, can we pull that up? So we had, this is, this is a text message from Jesus for most of us. He's like, hey there, delivered. Hello, delivered. You got it. You got the word. Hey, what's on your heart? Want to get together? Where are you? Right? What do you call that when people don't respond to your text messages? Inconsiderate, right? Some of us are inconsiderate with Jesus. He's speaking, but we're not receiving the message. I I won't go too deep into that because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But Jesus is speaking. Are you responding? I know you've read the message I know you see the little red dot there. I know you're putting it off till later, but he's speaking. Will you respond? And you wonder why that battery's all drained. Can you put that on there? Can you wonder why that battery's all drained down to like, what, 18% or what 17%? You wonder why it's drained. Well, you ain't listening. You ain't plugged into the power source. If you would do what he says and show up where he's calling you to go, then you could plug into what he's saying. But sadly, most of us only want one kind of word. The word that we prefer, right? The word that will encourage us or to affirm our behavior, you know, kind of get us through the day, a little promise verse to make us feel encouraged. That's awesome. You need to have that. You need to have a ton of those. But sometimes the Lord wants to bring a strong word to us, one that, one that doesn't comfort us, one that actually discomforts us. And then we rely on the comforter to endure to what we need to obey Right. And so the thing is, is don't miss what God is speaking, because it doesn't come in the way that you want it to come. Or he's not saying what you want him to say. No, no, no. Our job is to conform to what God has said, not to conform what to what God has said to to me. No, no, no. I'm I'm coming to it. I'm saying, Lord, I need to render my life up to what you're saying or what you're doing on the earth. That's what I want my life to reflect. I don't want to try to fit your word into my life and affirm the way that I'm living because I'm living unfruitful and I want to produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. Well, how does that happen? It's got to get deep in your heart. So I want to talk today a little bit about the listening lifestyle. How do we make the switch from hearing to listening? How many of you want to have a lifestyle of listening? You really want to hear the Lord. I think we all want to hear the Lord. Now, let me say this, because when we talk about hearing the Lord, we we kind of get kind of weird, right? Some people get really weird when they talk about hearing the Lord. They'll be like, they use this this phrase a lot god told me let me tell you you need to be careful with that because one of the, the the most common two two common ways that people use the lord's name in vain it doesn't have the word damn in it it has whenever they use the word god like they don't know what else to say so they use god's name the other way is they say god said when god didn't say that that's using god's name in vain so congratulations we've all sinned there before me too but we'll say God says them. This is why. Whenever I feel like the Lord's speaking to me something, that's exactly what I say. I say I feel like the Lord is saying, Well, I'm, I'm covering, I'm <laughs> covering my rear, right? I'm saying, listen. That way, when I'm, that way I don't get before the Lord and Him be like, Josh, where where'd you get that? I'm like, oh Lord, we had some like pizza at Tuscany's and so. I thought it was you. He's like, okay, I get it. But sometimes we're so arrogant. Many times I think we do that is because we feel like that we need to validate the decisions that we're making. So we attach God to it. Listen, you don't have to validate the decisions you make. Well, God told me, God told me, God told me. And then you'd end up being fruitful. And then you then everybody's looking at you and you have no credibility. Then people are looking at God and God doesn't have any credibility because you're misusing his name. So but I do want to help you listen. But not to be weird. There was this guy when I was in Bible college. Just this guy. He's like, Yeah, I was walking and the Lord said, turn left. And the Lord said, turn right. I was like, Really? Like, I just, I'm just going to be real honest with you that I've been pursuing Jesus for a long time and I've never had him given me like turn by turn navigation. Just never. Like, I've just never had it that way. I've had him tell me, go here. And then I'm like walking in the spirit going, Okay, Lord, here we going? Okay. It looks like that's the way you do it. You know what I'm saying? As it, like, proceed with caution, but not being so like confident. God said, and it's like, man, you're so spiritual. Please disciple me. So anyway, I, I just, I feel like we've got to be careful sometimes with using that, God said. Now, sometimes God does say, there's things in his word that he did say. You could speak that with confidence, not arrogance, but confidence. God said, absolutely. Let me say this, a lot of times in culture, especially, even in, and it doesn't really bother me so much when the world does it, but it does bother me when people are Christ followers and they, 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 they nullify the word of God. They say, well, I know the Bible says that, but did God really say? That's what happened to Eve in the garden. When the devil came to her, he said, what did God really say? And that's what the devil will do. The devil will always undermine the word of the Lord. And so what we have in our culture, and sadly it's creeping into the church, is people going around going, well, I know the Bible, you know, says that, but you know, we live in 2019. Listen, you don't read 2019 into the scriptures." You read the scriptures into 2019, right? You, you start seeing the world through the lens of scripture versus looking through the scripture through the lens of the world. This is why you're so deceived and not fruitful. I want to help you. So the lifestyle of listening. Don't be goofy. Check this out. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. Intimacy. And they follow me. There's three steps right there. You want to be a sheep, you listen to his voice, you know him, he knows you, and you follow him. You don't get to say, I'm a, fo- I'm a Christian and not follow him. And Christian means follower of Christ. I submit this to you today. If we aren't listening, we aren't following. If we aren't listening, we aren't following. See, you were meant for so much more than just kind of have the word of God going on in the background, right? Man, I listen to podcasts a lot of times, and sometimes I just got them playing in the background, and I hear it, but I'm not listening. I'm not tuned in, and so I'll hear a little thing. I'll go, oh, what? What? Now back up because I'm tuning in to what he said. I heard it, but I wasn't listening, and so God has so much more for you. He wants you to live. Listen, God wants you to live by his breath, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Jesus says this. He says, "He's when Jesus is tempted by the devil in the desert, you guys remember? What did he say? He said, he's like, won't you eat some bread, Jesus? I know you're fasting. Won't you eat? And he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, the word of God, what God is saying and speaking to your life will give you life. Stop trying to find life everywhere else. Find it in the word of God. Learn how God speaks. Learn his ways. And then also respond to what he speaks to you in the moments. The lifestyle. First Samuel chapter 3. Now this is, this is the story of Samuel. Now Samuel was like one of the like chief prophets in, in the Old Testament. He was the prophet that was uh, during David's time. And Samuel was actually raised in the temple. His family dedicated him to the Lord, and then he was raised in the temple under a very corrupt system, a very corrupt uh, priest. And it says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. How many know you can minister to the Lord? You know how you minister to the Lord? By sitting before him, by sitting at his feet. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, listen, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there weren't many visions. One translation says that this, there was was no widespread revelation. People weren't hearing from God. Was God speaking? I don't know, but I do know that it says that the word of God was rare. One night, Eli, whose eyes had become so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The Lamb of God had not gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. What was he doing? He was before the presence of God. He was laying before the presence of God. Then the Lord called Samuel. So here he is. He's like seeking the Lord, right? He's ministering. He's setting before the Lord. He's ministering to the Lord. It says, then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. So he heard, Samuel, Samuel. And he ran to Eli, and he goes, Hey, Eli, what's up? You guys ever had that? You think somebody in the other room is calling you? I remember when I was, um, I'm going to share this story real quick. I was about eight years old, and, and I remember that it would happen to me frequently, and I'd hear my name being called, like, down the street. And so I would, like, run home be like, Mom, were you calling me today? And she said no. And then about 20 years later, we're worshiping one night, and the Lord starts singing over me. He said, do you remember when you were eight years old and you used to hear somebody calling your name? I was like, yeah. He said, that was me calling your name. I heard it, but I wasn't listening. So this is what Samuel was doing. He was hearing, Samuel, Samuel. And so he had run to Eli. (laughs) Eli wasn't the source. Eli was like, what's up? This happens three times. It just carries on. Okay, Samuel, Eli, what's up? And Eli recognizes that the Lord was trying to get Samuel's attention. Mm. How many know that the Lord knows how? He is persistent when he wants to get your attention. And then it says in verse 10, the Lord came. Okay. Back up real quick. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. He ran back to Eli. Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And then he told him, this is the Lord. And then it says, the Lord came and stood there calling as the other times. So the Lord comes and stands in the room. And as many other times, and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said what Eli had instructed him. He said this, speak for your servant is listening. Speak for your servant is listening. In other words, open you here. here. Open your mouth, my ears are open. Now I know who is calling my name. Now I know that you're in the room. Now I know it's you and not Eli. I'm listening. And the Lord wants to develop this lifestyle of here I am. Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. Would that be the cry of our life? Would that be a cry of a generation of believers? That we would walk around throughout our day when we're raising our kids or flipping our hamburgers at our job or doing paperwork or having conversations at the grocery store. Would our our lifestyle be, speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. Would we live in this zone? How do we get there? How do we live in that place? Well, first of all, you got to quiet down. Man, everything is begging for your attention. We live in the, in the information age, man. Something is all, push notifications, come on, demanding our attention. Emails, demanding, phone calls, text messages, everybody demanding our attention. Man, I get, I get like 15 phone calls every day because somebody mined my phone number. You guys don't want to talk? Anybody else get phone calls? You're like, hello? And it's like, and I'm like, y'all know this. This doesn't work, right? You're wasting a lot of money paying a computer to do that or building a computer to do that. And I get all, the, we, so much is demanding our attention. Listen, if we're going to learn to listen to the Lord, to have that listening ear, the ear that we've got to quiet down. Mark chapter 6. The apostles returned to Jesus after their ministry tour. I love that. I wonder what they called it. You know? I wonder what their promo material looked like for their ministry tour. And he told them all that they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, this is so good, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He's like, you guys have been out doing the work of the kingdom. That's awesome. Let's get away together. Let's go spend some time together and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat to a quiet place where they could be alone. Beloved, we have got to learn to quiet down if we're going to spend that time with Jesus. We are caught up in the hustle and the bustle, sometimes doing good things. The disciples were on a ministry tour, man. I mean, they were cutting it. They were doing it. They were doing the kingdom. But Jesus wanted to get alone with them. I remember years ago, we had a, a ministry night. And uh, we were kind of experiencing renewal in our ministry. And we were pursuing the Lord. It got real late. I remember that night, it's back before Leslie and I were married. And I went back home that night. It's probably midnight or something. We went out to eat afterwards like all good Christians do after church. And so I got home and I laid down and I was about to go to sleep. And I reached over to turn off my lamp, and the Lord spoke. He said, why? What about me? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Hold up, Lord. Like, we were just, like, in the presence of God for, like, three hours. And then I was, like, ministering to all these people. And it was like he was like, I want to spend time with you, Josh Brown. I want you. I don't want just your ministry. I want you. And it just spoke to me. But I have, we have to quiet down if we're going to hear from the Lord. Beloved, you've got to make some space. You've got to make some space in your life to hear the Lord. If you want to really listen to the Lord, you've got to quiet down. You've got to take some time. It might be five minutes. Maybe that's all you can get. That's a great place to start. But every day that you would take a little bit of time that you would get before Jesus, just you and Jesus, nobody else, just you and Jesus sneaking away to a quiet place and just say, speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. Here I am. No agenda, no phone, come on, maybe a Bible, and just sit before the Lord. And don't do anything. Don't have a prayer list. Just sit. Some of you, God will do more for you in that five minutes than than he's done in the last five years. If you just quiet down. A couple years ago, I was in a severe season of discouragement. I'm not going to call it depression because I feel like that, that could make, maybe make light of someone that has, a, like, a medical diagnosis. But, man, I was really struggling. Like, the church was kind of struggling at that time. We weren't seeing a lot of growth. And we we'd had some people that we loved that, that had left. And, it just man, my heart was hurting. I was just discouraged for about nine months. And I, I talked to several people during that time. I was like, man, I, I don't know what's going on. I'd never experienced anything like that after doing ministry for a long time at that point. And, uh, and so, man, people were praying for me. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I just, man, I was like, I just need you to pray for me. I don't know what's going on. I can't get over this. I'm doing all the right stuff, but it's just not, it's not falling off. And, and so I knew I needed to get away for like a night. And so I, I went over to Glen Rose, and uh, they have some trails there. So it's like dinosaur trails. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Go look at dinosaur trails. And so I went up there to go hiking and I stayed in a hotel that night. And that day, that day I left, got in my car, drove up, and I pull into this dinosaur park and got my bottle of water, you know, and I just I started walking. They had this long this long part of the trail that's probably about half a mile long, and it's just grass on one side and trees on the other side. It's just straight. So as soon as I get up on this trail and it kind of leads to the trailhead, I just start walking, like fierce, right? Like I got gotta hurry up. You guys know how I am because I'm busy, like like the rest of us. Even though I was away, I was still not being so quiet. So I start walking, and I'm just there, and I just start praying in the spirit. I start praying in tongues. I'm like Father, cool down by us. and I'm just praying, just walking. And in that moment, as I'm pursuing the Lord and just chasing after God, he starts revealing to me the prayers of people that have been praying for me. And he started allowing me to see people like Pastor Imland, who I'd had a conversation with right up, leading up to that. Pastor Chad, other people that I knew that I'd had conversations with and I could actually like, I was tuning into what they were praying. And I know that that sounds kind of weird, but it was what I needed to hear at that moment. And what happened is that launched me in to a, to a, a season of breakthrough. And I really started for about the next six weeks, I started experiencing some breakthrough. But it all started with me doing what? With me quieting down and getting away. So, listen, guys, you've got to figure out some time like that. I know some of you are moms. Listen, you just need to tell your husband, listen, this is the deal. I need about three hours today. I need to go somewhere where I can be alone, maybe, maybe Starbucks and drink your, you know, yoga pant latte or whatever. Whatever it is, I don't know. I just go and be alone and spend some time with Jesus and just sit at the master's feet. and just absorb. If you can get away for a night, get away for a night. But I always tell people, you know, you try to do a little bit every day. A little bit more once a week, a little bit more once a month, about every quarter, a little bit more. Once a year, get away and be able to spend some significant time just before the Lord, just sitting there, not doing anything, not having an agenda. I could teach you how to pray, but one of the better things that I can teach you to do is just teach you how to listen. You need to know how to pray, but sometimes we just need to listen. We just just sit down and say, okay, God, I've been talking the whole time we've been praying. I've been talking. Would you talk? Your turn. So make that space. Get past the noise and quiet down. Psalm 4610, familiar passage, be still and know that I am God. Some of you will not know God intimately until you can be still. That's how we know who he is. This is when we sit down. One of my favorite things that happens on Sundays, this is going to be so weird to you. I love worshiping. I love hanging out, shaking hands, all that, but it's draining. And so sometimes my most favorite time of the day on Sunday is when I can get in my car and turn off my radio, and I can just sit in my car and just reflect on what God has done. It's like one of my favorite parts of Sunday. It's so just quiet down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Number two, open up. Open up. Quiet down and open up. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Now, People have used this passage as an evangelism passage. This isn't an evangelism passage. This is a passage to the church, Jesus speaking to the church. And he says this, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, other words, he's calling from the other side of the door. I'm here, beloved, I'm here. I'm here at the door knocking. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you will hear my voice, if you will listen to my voice and open the door. I will come in and I will share a meal together with you as friends. Why is it, why is this, y'all notice this meal thing going on? This is, it's important. This is getting together and sharing a meal thing. It's fellowship. It's the koinonia. It's the sharing of life together. Jesus is saying, I want to share life with you. I want to come into the room that you're in. I want to get in there with you. Will, you. will you open up so we can spend some time together? See, some of you are so closed hearted. You're so, quote-unquote, guarded because of life experience, because of pain, because of hurt. But, beloved, you will not see any fruit in your life if you remain hard-hearted. You wonder, man, I'm doing all the right stuff. But this happened to me when I was young. Listen, and you wonder, why well, it's not being fruitful. I, I'm, not, I'm not rebuking it, you, beloved, for that. But I'm telling you today, you've got to learn to get through and allow the Lord to minister to some of that brokenness because he wants to share life with you. He wants to spend time with you. Jesus says this, that, a similar passage. He says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, ever hearing but never understanding. You've been ever seeing but not perceiving. In other words, like you can see and you can hear, but you're not listening and really seeing. For these people's hearts have become calloused. Their hearts are hard. Listen, beloved, you have to open yourself up to the Lord. And you do that by knowing he is good, knowing that he has good intentions for you, knowing, knowing that his words are life, that they give life to you. They're life-giving, they're spirit, they're life. He wants to speak to you. Will you open up? He's, some of you are so afraid that if you open up to the Lord, he's just going to rebuke you. Listen, if he wants to rebuke you, he will. Because a lot of times I'm not asking the Lord to rebuke me. He just does it when it needs. I'm like, oh, yeah. And sometimes I do need that to get the breakthrough I need. But, beloved, don't be numb towards him. And understand this, that Jesus is not offended by your honesty. So sometimes when we come into the presence of the Lord, it's just like this. We know the promise, and we also know where I'm at. And I know that he's not offended by my honesty. He already knows what I'm thinking anyway. Right? So I don't want to be like, God, I'm mad at you. Now, if you do it in a prideful way, you're probably going to develop some resistance. But you do it humbly. Say, God, I just I'm frustrated. But you sing that song anyway. Sing a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies. Here it is, God. It's hard, it's difficult. But I sing a hallelujah. Sing a hallelujah. Louder than my unbelief. I do have the unbelief, God. I, I'm having a hard time believing you today. But I sing a hallelujah. It's hard. But I'm opening myself up to not just have the right answer, not to just have the faith-filled declaration, which you need to have in there, but also the honesty to say, God, I, I believe. But help, because I'm struggling, and I'm angry, and I'm hurting. and I'm weeping, and I'm needy of you, God. But I'm not okay right now. Open up. Beloved, he wants to heal you. He wants to get rid of the bitterness. He wants you to have he wants you to have a steady stream of life-giving words into your life. He wants that. He wants that so much, but you can't hear him if your heart is hard. If the door of your heart is closed. Open up. Number 3, lean in. Lean in, make the switch from close to closer. You know who's content with your relationship with Jesus? The devil. You know who will never be content with your closeness to Jesus? Jesus. He'll never be content. He just wants you closer and closer and closer. He wants all of you. All of you, all of you, all of you. He'll never be content with the little bit that you've given him. He's always going to want more, but not in a negative way. The devil will be like, oh, you're good. You don't need to grow anymore. You don't need to be more devoted. You're so devoted, you're going to burn yourself out. This is stupid. He wants you to make the search from close to closer, from deep to deeper. He wants you to lean in. We have this uh, thing with my oldest son, Judah, who's 11. And he's, he's not big, but a lot of times, especially on Sundays, we'll go out and eat and, you know, hang out with people. And, and we're full of food. And you know how you feel after church and you're full of food. It feels so good when the food's going in. After you are like, oh, my gosh, I need a nap. So I get like that, but, like, probably a little bit more than you because I preach two times and I'm real early. And, and so Judah, a lot of times, he gets his tummy full and he feels like you do. And he comes up and he just starts leaning on me. Emil loves physical contact, so I'm going to come here. and he'll just he'll kind of come over and start leaning. On, Dad, can I sit in your lap? I'm like, dude, you're 11, you need to stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, one of these days, I'll be like, I wish I would have been more welcoming of that, but not not at this point in my life. And so I'll just what, what is he doing? He's just he's just leaning in. So we need to do that with the Lord, you know. No matter how full we are, we just go ahead and lean in. And uh, one of the disciples. Named John, you guys know John. John wrote the book of John. John wrote the book of First, Second, and Third John, and John wrote the book of Revelation. These are all things that the Lord uh, downloaded to him, and he refers to himself in the book of John. And this it, it was appropriate for people not to use their own name. He refers to himself in the book of John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, I don't think when he said that he was saying, "I'm the one that Jesus loved." I think he was saying, "He really loved me. I'm confident." That he loved me. In fact, John exemplified such confidence and love before Jesus, we see him at the Last Supper sitting next to Jesus. I'm sure Peter tried to get his way in there and make some excuse why he should be the first, but it was John. He probably got there early. I don't know what happened. It says this. Now, in John chapter 13, it says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version because it uses the word bosom, and I thought y'all would like that. Actually, no, it's because the the newer translations have got rid of that. Now, there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, John. Simon Peter, therefore, mentioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Now, Jesus just said, hey, someone's going to deceive me. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it's he who I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, I want you to get this picture. Jesus, the disciples, last supper. They're not sitting at a table. They actually, all the tables are on the ground. Their couches were like cushions, like couch cushions. And they would lean on their left arm into the person that's next to him. John was leaning already next to Jesus. They would keep their right hand free. For eating. So if you're left-handed, it made it really difficult, but that's where they were at. Sorry about you. And so here they were. They were eating their food, leaning at the table. He's already leaning into Jesus. And there's two Greek words for the word lean into his leaning into Jesus. One is lean, and the other one's lean further. So here's John leaning next to Jesus, eating, and he goes, Jesus said someone's going to betray me. And John does this. He leans in. I believe, and it says that he rests his head in the chest of Jesus. I believe at that moment, something deeper that was happening in that conversation, I believe he began to hear the heart beat of Jesus. I believe that things began to transform in his life. Even though he was already deep, even he was already close, he said, I just want to know a little bit more. And then he asks Jesus, who's going to deceive you? He asks Jesus a secret, and Jesus reveals it to him. And if you look at this scripture, if you read it, Jesus wasn't disclosing that to everybody in the room. He he was disclosing it to John. He said, I'll tell you because you're close. See, when you have a secret to tell, you always do it when you're close. So here's John leaning in. I believe in that moment. He heard the pulse of Jesus. I believe he heard the, far more than the words of the, the disciple that was going to betray Jesus. I believe that he heard the heart of heaven. And this is what led John to, to write a gospel. This is what led John to write three, book, three letters to the churches. This is what led John to, to be there at the cross. You know the, the the disciples, most of them had scattered when Jesus was being crucified, but not John. John was there because John had a connection with Jesus. John had been the one to rest his head on his heart, so he was there. He was there with Mary. He was there at the crucifixion. He was he was there. John was there, listening, still listening to that heart. Whenever they tried to boil John in oil, did you know that John was the only mark, the only disciple that they couldn't kill? They killed the rest of them. One of them took his own life, but John, John they tried to boil him in oil and couldn't kill him. And through it all, through through all of it, he just endured. He stayed connected. He stayed leaning in. He just leaned in. He heard. I believe he remembered that the pulse of Jesus' heart. This will get me through it. So they couldn't kill him, so they put him on a ship, and they sent him off to this ancient Alcatraz called Patmos. And he begins to write a book while he's on the island of Patmos. And it's not the book of the revelation of the end times. It's not the book of the revelation of the Antichrist. It's the book of revelation of Jesus Christ. So here they ship him off. The man who had heard the pulse of Jesus, the one that was confident in his love before Jesus, goes to this island, this remote island alone, probably afraid, hungry, and he gets the great revelation of Jesus He sees Jesus in his present glory. He sees into the future of what Jesus looks like, who Jesus is now with a man with fire in his eyes. He gets all these love letters from Jesus to the church. Why? Because he leaned in. Because he leaned in. See, we listen best by leaning in close. John remained. He leaned in in, and he stayed tuned in. That's what got him through, I believe. It Wasn't just that he knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, the life. He wasn't just that he saw him. It says in 1 John, it says that this is what he writes to the church. He says that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands, which we have touched this, which we proclaimed the word of life, Jesus the Word who speaks the word we've experienced the word of life. how he stayed connected he stayed tuned in, tuned in, beloved, remain in the vine, walk in the spirit you know you think about your GPS on your on your phone when you need directions it's just that leading of the spirit just the Hey, go this way. You're heading this direction. You kind of see where you're at. This is is what it's like walking in the spirit. You might not hear an audible voice. Turn left 300 feet when you're supposed to turn another way, 600 feet away. But one of the things that you have to do if that GPS is going to work is you've got to stay in your coverage area. You've got to keep the service on. And this is what we do. We stop sitting before the feet of Jesus. We check in, we check out. We sign in, we sign out. No, no, no. He wants you to stay plugged in. He wants you to lean in and stay tuned in. He wants fellowship.